Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 49. Hope we're all having a fantastic day so far and thank you very, very much for tuning in. This one is going to be a slightly different podcast in the fact that it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a not a topic that I'm describing or giving you tips on how to improve your nutrition, etc. It's more so going to be around um, my reflection of my 15-month improvement phase. So this is going to be kind of what I've learned in that time period and what you guys can take into your own improvement phase as well. So this is the day prior to my diet. So my diet will start tomorrow morning. My check-in with AJ is tomorrow morning. And then after that, then once I receive my feedback, we're going to start the diet immediately, which I'm excited to do. I've really, really, really enjoyed this phase. And to be honest, I don't want to finish it. I don't think we even need to finish it. But just with time frames and trips home and things like that, I think that it's probably the right time to do it right now. And also the reason why is that in 13 weeks time, which is what we're going to run the dining phase, I'll be traveling home back home to Ireland, going across to Spain for my cousin's wedding. And for that, I'd like to be in a little bit tighter composition than what I am now. So it kind of all works together in one specific way. But as discussed, 13 weeks is going to be the, the duration of the diet. However, it's going to be a, a lot different to my previous diet. And if you guys do follow me on Instagram, you will have seen my previous diet and also YouTube as well was my 16-week photo shoot prep, where it was 16 weeks, not one single macronutrient, not one single step count out of target, out of, out of um, sorry, excuse me, one, one, not one single macronutrient missed, one, not one step missed, not one cardio session missed, not one single meal off plan, not one sip of alcohol, nothing was missed at all. This diet is going to be a little bit different in the fact that I have lots of travel. I have my first trip coming up this weekend up to up to Sydney. One of our good friends from back home in Ireland is coming over to visit for a couple of weeks as well. I'll be traveling back up to Sydney then again. Lots of events, trips across to play golf and stuff. But loads of stuff going on, which I wouldn't have had if I was doing my photo shoot prep because I would have aligned it up to say, you know, those are the sacrifices that you have to make. But I thought this was a good opportunity for me to show showcase to you guys who I know that a lot of my clients have a lot of these similar issues creep up in their dieting phase. So I want it to be motivation towards them, motivation to all of you guys as well, and actually show you how I go about managing these variables, these trips away, these nights out, these events, these 30th, etc. crop creeping up and continue to progress with my physique as well. So I think it would be a really good opportunity for me to, to showcase that to you guys as well. So um, lots of stuff planned. Looking forward to getting into all that kind of stuff as well. But we'll get back to the, the podcast now and show you guys what I've learned. So there's nine specific points here. I was looking for 10, but unfortunately we have resulted in nine. And I don't want to, as you guys know, I don't like to flesh these podcasts out with just trying to get 10 points for the sake of 10 to make it a longer podcast, specific to the point. Number one is going to be, don't put a time frame on it. To be honest, when myself and AJ finished up our photo shoot prep, we had probably said it's going to be about eight, nine, maybe 10 months maximum in a circus. That's all that we'll be able to squeeze out of it before body fat is too high and we have to pull back down. If you guys don't have any time restraints on I must diet at this time for this show or this photo shoot or this holiday or this time frame, whatever that it is, don't put a time frame on it. Because if I stopped myself at eight, at eight months or nine months or 10 months, 
I just lost myself, you know, maybe seven months, eight months or nine months worth of progress there. I wouldn't be anywhere near what I am right now if I didn't, if I had a timeline on it previously. So don't put a time frame on it, just enjoy it. And something that I've really, you know, forgot that I, I love, I just have loved this phase so much. And I wouldn't like to have, have it ended so quick. I wouldn't like to have, have ended it so quick. And I've enjoyed these 15 months massively. And without having a time frame, it's just a lot, taking a lot of pressure off. I, don't, I didn't know when I was going to die. There was no plans this year, nothing at all. It was just nice to go in and train and train hard, progress my lifts and not, not worry too much about it at all. So number one was not put a time frame on it. Number two was how hard I can actually train, particularly lower body wise. So you guys will be well aware of my two areas of my body that are my lacking areas are definitely my legs and my calves included and my chest. When I look back to my training previously, particularly for lower body, my training was so far away from what it is now. It's actually crazy. And it's actually almost, I look back at it and go, oh my God, that is atrocious. It's almost embarrassing to look back at, but this is all part of the process and I've learned a lot from it. But my ability to, I think that I find legs very sore <laughs> to train, which I never really liked. I kind of like, I feel like I enjoy training hard and I feel like I like that burn in like my biceps or my delts or something like that, but never in my legs. And I think I found that no matter what I do, that's what the feeling is going to be. That's going to be the sensation. But taking these reps into these effective reps, something I've really learned this year, actually that could be number 10, is how to create effective reps, particularly with my lower body training where I'm getting into a leg press. And if I can throw throw that weight up and down for my last rep the likelihood is not really going to be an effective rep then we're looking for a very 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 slow rep it feels like my leg is about to snap off the bone or my quad is about to blow off the bone but that's what we're looking for here and if i can do it with my biceps and my delts i can definitely do it with my legs so i really feel like i've, I've unlocked i actually a quick story on this one as well i thought i used to train legs really hard this is very months ago and to be honest really only when i started training in one gym which i believe is about eight or nine months ago so in my new gym that i'm in and i trained the owner uh, mike was in there and we were kind of both using the same leg press and he said do you want me to spot you for this one i said yeah yeah cool let's let's do it how many are you looking for uh eight reps or something so we got the eight reps and i said okay that's kind of my target done he says five more i said so sorry, <laughs> what, what you mean? What do you mean five more? I obviously didn't say that to him in the in the rep. I said, okay, I'll try and get one more here. Squeeze another rep out. Another one. He said said to me, squeeze another rep out. Another one. Squeeze another rep out. And it must have got to about fifteen reps before my last rep literally took me about seven seconds to to get concentrically. And then he said, okay, I'll take you for two. And I was thinking, oh my god, what is what is this guy doing to me here? I've never trained like this before. I don't I've never had the sensation that I'll remember like it was yesterday where I was pressing but I couldn't get the rep but he assisted me through this leg press rep it was it was such a strange feeling that there's nothing going on in my lower body well there obviously was or else the weight wouldn't have moved but I felt I needed that assistance so it was I hadn't trained to failure I trained beyond failure which in that moment I've never done before until I felt that set so if there was something that I wanted you to take from this is that 
I've talked about this and Ivana, one of my clients yesterday, why it's a bit fresh in my, in my head. Ivana, if you're listening to the shout out to you, we talked about like trying to actually achieve true failure in these lifts and something quite nice to do is like even just, this is obviously important that you have a spotter and you do things very, very well, but even jumping on like a spin bike, getting resistance up to 80, 90% and literally going as hard as you can until you can't move your leg or your foot one millimeter. That's true failure. And this was a exactly like that, that kind of subjective experience or this, um, yeah, subjective experience to, to this style of training was something I'd never tr- trained before. Uh, immediately after that, all of my sessions were like that then. And I believe the changes that I've had to my lower body have been a result of that one session that gave me that, that exposure to that increase in intensity. So that's number two. Number three then is, yes, we can train all these, this level of intensity, but something I learned this year was the phrase internal versus external stimulus. So internal, so I have a YouTube video on this as well. Anyone who wants to check that out, link, link is going to be in the description. My internal stimulus is, let's say in that leg press, how much you know muscle fiber contraction is going on in the quad while I'm doing that leg press? How much internal stimulus is happening in the quad? The external stimulus is going to be the load I'm using and the repetitions I'm, I'm excuse me, the, the load I'm using and the repetitions that I got. Load does not equal muscle. And this is something that I've only really started to understand properly the last, in this improvement phase itself. Chasing logbook numbers, chasing external stimulus, putting more load on the leg press, more load on, the, on my dumbbell incline press, doesn't equal new muscle. An increase in internal stimulus, how many muscle uh, muscle fibers and motor units are being recruited in that muscle tissue, if that's progressed, then that equals new muscle, if all of the other variables are aligned as well. And something really important to, to note, and that's why I actually believe that my chest hasn't progressed as much as I wanted it to, because I've been so focused on that external stimulus so much more weight in the dumbbells, more load on the barbell, more load on the Smith machine in my pressing. And I haven't looked after the internal stimulus as much. To be honest, the last three, four, five sessions in a row, I'm using less load than, way less load than I was using previously. But I can genuinely say, I think I can actually literally feel growth in my pec from those four, five, six weeks in a row, comparatively to the previous months and months and months of training with much more load. That means only one thing. And my execution, I've been so diligent with it. Nothing is, every single rep for five weeks, every rep, every set, every one has been perfect. And I believe that has been a massive drive for the improvement in my pec uh, development. But unfortunately, I will reflect on this and say this 15 months hasn't been the most effective training for my pecs. You win, you learn, you know, win or learn. And I'm going to bring that through into my next improvement phase as well. Okay. So the next one after this is going to be um, how important food quality is with digestion. And when we talk about food quality, we can really easily fall into the trap of, especially in an improvement phase, of just hitting our macros. You know, cereal, Pop-Tarts, you know, crunchy bars, you know, lots of chocolate and sweets and stuff like that just to get our carbohydrates up. But actually is that really going to be you know, in line with having very good quality digestion, very good quality performance, and also improving or keeping very good body composition? 
I'm nearly 10 kilos above weight from my last improvement phase, 10 kilos, and I feel I'm in better composition. Yes, I'm training harder. Yes, I'm training more, etc., and better. But I believe that one of the main things is because my food quality has been exceptional. I was eating you know, bagels and English muffins and jam and, and all this kind of stuff and having more off-plan meals and things that run on my plan. I was having a lot more of those the last time. This time it's it's so tight in terms of it's I have all my meals, my chicken chicken and rice, my beef and rice, my cream of rice, lots of rice as you can hear, and my you know eggs and my salmon and etc. etc. All the food is very, very high quality for 80% of the week, where I think that I was probably only having that for maybe 50 or 60% the previous time. My digestion is better than ever. Excuse me, my digestion is better than ever as well, um, which is very in line with you know, being able to eat 4,000 plus calories a day. Your ability to grow revolves around your ability to digest and utilize food. If you're not able to get food in and your weight is stalling, you're not going to be able to improve. I also think that from a blood glucose perspective with your performance, if you're having like poor quality food the whole time, you're going to have these ebbs and flows literally hourly in your blood from a blood blood perspective blood glucose perspective which isn't going to allow for you know advantageous performance in the gym if you're having a downward trend in your blood glucose right before you go and train not really what we want so trying to keep food quality exponentially higher number five is going to be my management of my week and um, i feel that i've been able to manage my weeks very very well inclusive of social events nights out you know trips etc by being able to, and also keep progression coming off the back of that, by having a, a concrete Monday to Friday particularly. Monday to Friday for me, like even from, from this moment, from, from Monday morning, not one single you know, electrolyte has been missed. Hydration has been missed. Sleep time, nutrition, carbohydrate, macronutrient, nothing has been missed. And it will go like that all the way to Friday. And I would say that Monday to Friday for these 15 months, that's going to be close to, I believe, 60 weeks all in. Yeah, 60 weeks. is is probably been just perfect. 60 odd weeks has been perfect every single week. And I've really, really tried to zone in on that and say, let me make those as perfect as I can. Then when I have, let's say, on a Saturday, maybe all my meals leading up to that meal, meal out is perfect. I have my meal out on a Saturday. I have my meal off plan, of course. And then... Sunday, I'm back on the money. I'm going out to play golf, but I have all my meals prepped every single time. I have not missed one single meal on the golf course this whole off season, okay, ever. So that I think that's been a huge dictator of me being able to keep progression going and not allowing these things to, to negatively impact my performance. I think having all of my ducks in a row is probably the best way to describe it. That even after a night out on a Saturday or a you know, a trip away on a Sunday, it's literally the first meal back is bang on the money, hydration status, sleep, stress management, tra training, um, excuse me, training setup for the next day. Everything is nailed so I can keep progressing. I, d I don't know if we have to do that, but this has been something that has really, I believe, helped me to keep progressing. Do it, Would I need to do it? Would it be any different to what I am now? I don't know. I can't tell you that. But I'll guarantee that I will keep doing this because I know anecdotally it's, it's definitely helped with me for sure. So number six then is going to be around injuries and nails. 
one thing I think we have to be okay with is saying that you won't be able to train the way that I, I'll say this myself, Josh, you can't train the way that you do without picking up the odd niggle every now and again. And this is a case where if we're pushing the envelope so much in our training, you know, we're taking things to failure and past it in high risk exercises. That's where the most result, that's where the best results come, in my opinion, these high compound movements all the way to failure. I don't think, I think that you guys will agree with that as well, but there's also a injury risk with that. So keeping on top of mobility, keeping on top of activation work, having enough warm sets, etc. But it's inevitable that you're going to pick up these things, but it's not about saying, oh God, my knee is gone now. I'm not going to be able to train for the next couple of months. It's about the management and the adaptation to that injury. Can we change our training program design? Can If it's in, in a knee flex. So if you think about if you squat down and you touch the hamstring off the back of your calf, that's a knee flex position. So if you do that, oh, that's where the pain is. Why don't we just work in knee extension? Why don't we do more you know, leg extension exercises? Maybe work just a mid-range leg press instead or the hammer strength um, pendulum leg press that the more load is in the shortened position in the knee extended position rather than the lengthened position itself. There's ways and means of you being able to work around these, but it's all about the adaptation that comes up, comes about it, comes from it. But we can't get away with not training, or excuse me, we can't get away with picking up no niggles if we train the way that we do. Number seven, I think that I've touched on it before as well, is going to be how much I've actually enjoyed this surface and that I don't want it to end. It's been so fun going into the gym, just feeling un untouchable. I think I've put on, up an Instagram about this recently, that you're literally going into sets going, oh, I got 74.8 last week. Oh, I'm going to progress that today. In a dieting phase, that doesn't happen. And we're pretty much just trying to lock, to manage or to um, retain logbook numbers in there. But in an improvement phase, there's just some feeling that you're walking into the gym so confident that I'm going to progress my whole logbook today. And nothing, nothing's going to stand in my way. It's been it's been huge for me in terms of like taking my train to the next level has been a massive thing that I've wanted to do, and I feel that I've finally done that. And I'm sure that I look back at this in a couple of years' time and say, "Oh God, when I was in 2023, I was training like you know, so embarrassing how I was training." And that's always going to be the way. But it's been a, such an enjoyable phase that you know I've really cherished and I'm really looking forward to getting back into the one after the starting phase as well. Number eight is going to be around two key concepts that have really rung true in terms of improvement for me. If you're entering an improvement phase, you should be looking for two variables. One is going to be to reach an all-time peak body weight. Okay, this is all relative to the amount of time that you're training. Of course, I was 103 kilos before of probably 35% body fat at a much 10 to almost 12 years ago now at this stage so that's not really the case since i've been tra taking training seriously this is the highest body weight 95 kilos is the highest body weight i've ever been ever and then alongside that have you reached all-time peak strength in the gym so are you doing numbers and pressing numbers on your bench that you never pressed before are you leg pressing numbers you've never pressed before are you squatting hinging deadlifting pull pull downing Maybe not, it might, might not be the word, but lateral raising, loads you've never done before. If you can say with certainty that your execution is fantastic, by the way, first and foremost, but if you can say that your body weight is reaching all-time high alongside peak strength in the gym, all-time peak strength, 
you dial it down effectively, retaining logbook numbers and taking things slow, I will guarantee you'll have a change physique. There is no two ways about it. And if you can do that time after time after time, that's where the that's where the goal does lies. The final point that I'll make is going to be around emotional attachment and stubbornness to lifts. So I think that my shoulder injury stemmed from I think it was from a dip that I did with in a session with um one of my friends who when I do not do a dip machine at all. And um, but I believe that kind of trying to run different exercises, something like the incline barbell press probably put a lot of pressure on my shoulder joint and I was just too stubborn to change it out. But the big one for me was was definitely deadlift. The last kind of, I would say, month to two months, I've pretty much had 190 on the bar and have not progressed it. If it was any of my clients, three times and you're out, three times no progression, rotate it out because it just infuriated me more than anything. I was so stubborn to get to 200. But I've just, if I reflect it now, I've probably lost you know, a month's worth of progress in, in my RDL. And I've only hit that one time last week. I'm going to hit it, hit it on Friday this week. But try not to be emotionally attached to lifts. Lifts are lifts. They're just providing stimulus to our body. And if they're not providing additional stimulus, I don't think that we should be hunting down you know, progression in it then. So with that said, unfortunately, I couldn't get 10, guys. That is nine key points that I've learned in this improvement phase. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Hope you've taken a lot of value from this as well. If you guys have any questions, please let me know. Please keep sharing some of your stories, guys. The more people that I can help, the better. Anyone who is interested in coaching for March intake, the applications are open currently. If you guys are interested, hit the link in the description. Um, fill in a two to three minute application process. Book a free call in with myself to discuss where you're at now, body composition wise, where you want to try and get to, and how can we achieve the roadmap for success to achieve that long term target. Other than that, guys, have a have an incredible rest of your day, and I'm very much so looking forward to catching next one for episode 50. Crazy, half a century. See you guys. Thank you so much. Chat, touch base in the next one.